3: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 93 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I, as he's not with me this week, I'd like to say... Uh, well, I'd like to be able to say that he's in New York at the Brona and Mikey Garcia stuff, but he's not. He's just in New York partying, holidaying and all the rest. So uh, yeah, he's not with me, but we're joined by the very capable replacement, Mr. Diego Najera. You've been on before, of course, Diego, just the once. It was a really good show. It was a while back, but I'm glad to have you back on and thanks for coming on, of course.
2: Thank you. i uh, really happy to be here and sharing with you the boxing news this week.
3: Of course, man. Of course, there's a lot to talk about. Right, so I'm going to start with the review part of the show. Obviously, the review part of the show being... Uh, you know, the action last week, talking about last week's fights. There wasn't too much that happened last week. I'm going to start over in Germany. One fight to mention over there. Heavyweight Erken Tepper, 16-2, moved to 17-2 and two with a TKO in round one against a man called Zoltan Sazala, who was 11-11, and 11, now 11-12. and 12. Uh, I think he'd been in there with, and if I'm not mistaken, even stopped by the likes of Nick Webb and stuff like that. So he wasn't really, um, you know, he didn't really come to offer too much so a decent win there for tep i'm not too sure where he's going though uh, moving over now to puerto rico amanda serrano um 32 and 1 she moved to 33 and 1 she's of course got one draw as well a tko in round 3 against adina kiss her record 13 and 4 now 13 and 5 and Serrano defended successfully her WBO world female super bantamweight title so very well done to her i know that she returned home to uh, to Puerto Rico and i think that You know, her and her sister have got like a massive mural on the wall. Like some, you know, some graffiti artist has drawn like a huge picture of both the sisters. So, that was really quite cool. Um, All the very best to her. Moving over now to Mexico. One fight to mention on a card over there. Um, Former world champion Johnny Gonzalez, 63 and 10, took on Jesse Chris Rosales, 21 and 0 with one draw. A Bit of a prospect. But the crafty and tricky veteran... Johnny Gonzalez pulled it out of the bag with a KO in round two. A really big statement there. He moves to 64 wins with 10 losses, obviously. And also defended successfully his WBC Latino Super Featherweight title. Moving over now to Russia. Fedor Chudinov. His first fight back after being stopped by George Groves. He moved to 15 wins. He's, of course, got two losses. He made light work of Jonathan Barbadillo. 17 and 3 with 1 draw so um, yeah that was a second round TKO there for Chudanov now 15 and 2, that's it from the red square in Moscow Russia, moving over now to the Brentwood Centre in Essex, a fight over in the UK of course, couple fights to mention on this bill really, Johnny Coyle moved to 17 and 0, he's got 1 draw as well it was a points win over 8 rounds against Innocent and Yanwu I did say he's a bit of a tough guy so um, yeah good win there for Johnny Coyle, Tyler Goodjohn got back in the ring as well he moved to 13 wins he's got five losses he defeated the previously undefeated adam barker who was four and oh now four and one good john picked up a cut above the left eye in that fight though he he tends to cut up quite a bit actually also on the bill john wayne hibbert 17 and 5 moved to 18 and 5 a points win over six rounds against arvidas trisno 25 and 66 now bit of a journeyman. Um, Also on that bill, Sonny Edwards moved to 5-0 with a points win over four rounds against Jose Aguilar. And Dave Allen, the heavyweight, he moved to 12 wins. It was a TKO in round three against Tom Dallas. Tom Dallas, 17-9, now 17-10. And he announced his retirement after the fight. It was a big right hook that put him out. Dave Allen looked a bit... You know, a little bit powerful there to be honest. I'm I'm very happy for him. He's a good friend of the show, Dave Allen. Now twelve and three with one draw. And the final fight to mention on this bill, Lerone Richards. He moved to eight and zero with a win over Louis Van Poach. Five and forty-nine his record. A clear journeyman. But it's very rare that he gets stopped. And Lerone Richards doesn't really appear to be the biggest puncher, so a good win for him there. TKO in round three. It was scheduled for four. But he didn't need that extra round. And the final fight to mention of last week, really, we've kind of flown through this. There wasn't too much on, as I said, a fight that happened on Monday of this week, actually, a couple of days ago, at the Centrale Liv del Voro in Roma, Lazio, Italy. One fight to mention over there. Uh, Giovanni De Carolis, former foe of Tyrone Zuega, twenty-four and seven with one draw, going in against a man called Viktor Polyakov, twelve and one with one draw. It was for the vacant WBA International Super Middleweight title, and actually, Giovanni De Carolis was upset here. He lost a unanimous decision over twelve rounds to the man that was twelve and one, Viktor Polyakov. Don't know too much about him at all, but wow, that's a huge upset, especially in De Carolis's back. Year. Yard as well so yeah big stuff there and we've kind of flown through it as I said that's really it for the review and it's now time to welcome the first guest. Ladies and gentlemen please welcome the undefeated former English British and European champion Mr Callum Smith. Callum welcome to the show mate it's been quite a while since we last spoke but welcome back. Uh, Thank you mate. It's my pleasure It's my pleasure So Callum First things first You were going to be fighting Anthony Durrell For the vacant WBC world title But obviously instead You've decided to sign up To the World Boxing Super Series tournament How come the Durrell fight Didn't come to fruition And what attracted you To the World Boxing Super Series
0: um, The Durrell fight Was just Just a lot of Messing around From so well, world oh, To be honest with you I'd become mandatory And you no. Know, all of the you know, do Jack fighting the Gale and then Jack moving up, it just took a while, but I kind of knew that was going to happen. I knew as soon as I thought, as soon as the announcement maybe me had to happen, it would be pretty straightforward, and it was kind of the opposite. It was just the I minute mean, we lost Eddie and lost the pace, we sort of lost control, and it was almost, sort of in their hands, and it was just like anything, we put the fight on you, know, swapping dates. I got told early May, then I got told the 27th, and May maybe middle of June. I was in room with 17th June in New York and stuff and then I got, got sent a contract in September the 9th in LA. I got told we had both had till midnight to it, or we lost a fight so I signed it and I thought that was that. I had a bit of a smile on my face after saying it again and I was enjoying it and then we'd come on and maybe yeah, we want to swap the date and move it to Flint and it just felt like the fight was just going further and further away from me and at the same time while all this was happening the, the tournament was obviously getting offered to me but I was sort of putting it on the back burner wanting to fight for the WBC That was the original plan and it's got to a point where enough was enough and I decided the, the tournament was a, a better opportunity and it, was, it gave me a, a guaranteed fight date and a possible guaranteed pre fight date and I feel that's what I need to be doing I've spent too long waiting around and not fighting I need to just get back in the ring and get back to doing what I came to do and that was fight
3: yeah that's right because obviously you know yourself um you know you've waited a long time for, to get to get to get a shot at a world title your fans have obviously waited at that time as well and then when we heard that you'd be fighting for the WBC diamond belt which is a lovely looking belt but Obviously, it doesn't come with that world title status. That's obviously the route you're going to be going down in this tournament. But I suppose ultimately, if you do go on to win the entire tournament, you would end up being a world champion. You'd, you know, you'd end up with a WBA belt, which you're a favourite to win this tournament as well, Callum. Yeah, that's uh, exactly. I think
0: it's, you know, it's a gamble, but it's a gamble. I'm confident will pay off. I believe. If I didn't believe I was good enough to win the whole tournament, then I wouldn't have done it. I'd have just sat around and waited, and you no. Know, to do the C shot. I, I chose the tournament because I'm confident I can win the whole thing and by doing so I become a world champion and any champion anyway. It might take a couple of fights longer but no, it's still the ultimate goal is to become a world champion and this tournament still gives me a way of doing that.
3: And obviously, you chose to fight Eric Skoglund. That fight will happen on September the sixteenth at the Echo Arena. Uh, you'll be coming off of your longest layoff so far in your career. Also, do you know much about your opponent, Callum? In many ways, he's a bit of a dark horse in this tournament. He could be the goods.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of, you know, a lot of people backing him saying he could be the dark horse and stuff. And to be fair, before the tournament was mentioned that he was in it, I hadn't seen a lot of them, To be totally honest with you, but. Obviously, when I knew I was going to be second seed, we done a bit of homework on the ball. And he's a good fighter. He does the basics well. He's kind of a good all and He's obviously big for the weight. He's coming down from 175, light heavyweight. But I just believe everything he does, I do that bit better. And I just think, stylistically, to go on for these, knees tall, it makes me stand up and box and use my skills more. And I just think it'll be more of a boxing match, which will show my skills more. So... It, it was one of them I haven't picked him saying he's no good and he's an easy fight. I don't think there was an easy one to pick out the four non seeds. I just believe he was the best one for me stylistically.
3: And you fought many good fighters in your career as a pro. Do you consider this fight as your toughest fight yet? Yeah, I think
0: on paper and as records suggest, he's a light heavyweight coming down, he's twenty six and all, he's got a few good wins on his record and he had a lot of good rankings with all the governing bodies, so up to now he is my toughest test the date after the 16th of September will he be you don't know as I said Mohamed, he was spoken as my toughest test and it was a one-mile fight in the same field and that was a one-mile fight so you can never really tell but leading up to it yeah I do think he's the best at boxing no, I think that'll bring out the best in me I'm saying him well and I've got that bit between the teeth again it's a guaranteed fight date, and it's a tough fight it's not it's not an easy game in the way I know it's no, 50% tearing up, I'll still win. I uh, know I've got to be at my best to be Terry Scoveland and I believe I will be.
3: And another fix during your tournament in the same round, obviously. George Groves has chosen to fight Jamie Cox. What's your thoughts on that fight, Callum?
0: It's, it's a good fight. I think mean, Cox, Groves is obviously very good as a world champion. He's got, what well, he the other seven in the tournament once, and no, I, I believe he's number one seed for the reason, but Cox has got a very good reputation in England, but he hasn't, he's never quite done it in the national ring when it matters. A lot of them are sparring stories, and you know, I believe he's given a lot of good fighters a tough time in sparring, but he's been calling out for the big fights for a long time now, and you know, now he's got one, so he's got to deliver. I think it's a good fight, but I just think when we were all in Monte Carlo and Sarge and everyone up, I think the size might be a bit too much between him and Gross. Gross is a big super middleweight, and I don't think Jamie is. I think he's more on the small side, although he's maybe heavy-handed. I think Natalie, the size with Groves, and it's a good fight, but I think Groves has got to start to fade it, but you never know. I think Groves has shown vulnerabilities in the past, and if there are any delay, then you know, Cox could be the man to exploit them. But it's a good fight, I think. All four quarterfinals are a good fight, and I think that's why a lot of people are excited about the tournament.
3: Yeah, it is a very exciting looking tournament. There's four Brits in the tournament. It's an eight man it's an eight man tournament, obviously. So I fancy our chances of a Brit ending up winning the whole thing, despite George Groves deciding to challenge another Brit straight away. But um yeah, it is what it is with yeah. that. I want to ask you about um about your brothers, Callum. Unfortunately we all saw Paul falls short once again for a world title. Eddie Earners has made um, it pretty clear that that could be Paul's last shot at a world title. I just really wanted to ask how Paul's getting on. I know that he took the loss pretty bad at first, as you'd expect, of course.
0: Yeah, he took it. No one likes losing, no matter what stage it could be hit at. No one likes like to come off on the wrong end of the decision. But it is what it is. I think it was just. I he beat him on the night. I think he lost to a younger fresher. Uh, sharper fighter and it was what it was I think it just wasn't quite there anymore with Paul He had a long career I think he's turned pro and he's 19, 20 I think he's 34 now so it's a long time and I think he touches up with everyone and I think that maybe in the case of Paul we'll never know he's just family life at the minute he's got a good family and he's having a nice rest and you know, it's up to him what he decides to do but it's, it's one of them he's got other things outside boxing what he enjoys doing and We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it's a tough a tough loss for him, but I you know, has been there before and now he knows how to deal with it. Yeah.
3: All the very best to him. And what's next for Stephen Callum? Um, he's just waiting for
0: to now, I think. He's trying to get a shot at Carales, the WBA super champion. He boxed I think last weekend yeah. he won. I think he got put over, but he won on a technical decision or something. But I think Stephen's number one or oh, mandatory for the European title as well, which would be a good belt to win, so I think he's just waiting to see what see route what they're going to go. But I think he'd be looking to get out at the end of September or early October. He got married last week, so he's back in the gym now, and I'll oh, be looking for, towards you know, getting another big fight, hopefully, fingers crossed.
3: Yeah, wicked, wicked. And your brother Liam is giving Liam Williams a rematch. That fight's happening in October. It's just been announced. The first fight was a fantastic spectacle. And no matter who you had winning at the time of the stoppage, I think most people agree it wasn't the ending that we all wanted. Both men have got the chance to settle the score once and for all. How do you see that one playing out, Callum? Yeah,
0: I think that was a, it was a good fight last time. And I think a lot of people wanted to see it again. And I think Liam it to just put the record straight a bit I think he underperformed and you know, it wasn't the best of him and you know, he got the win in the end but I think he believes he can win a lot easier this time that's, I'm sure Williams believes he can go and you know, win this fight but I just think it was a good Liam Williams last time against Paul Liam Smith and I think the fight was still competitive and can be close at the time to stop it but you now it's an opinion I'm obviously going to be biased and I think that's what a lot of people are waiting to see the rematch. I would have panned out the first time and you now it will change and it will improve this time. But he is very confident. I you was know, back in the gym, started this camp and I think he's got a point to prove and I think that'll bring out the best in him.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the last couple of questions now, Callum. Remarkably, as we alluded to earlier, Anthony Darrell he's ended up scheduling the fight before your upcoming fight. He's going to be fighting the week before for the vacant WBC world title against David Benavidez. Um, a man that's, you know, he's he's up and coming, but he's looking really good, Benavides, A real big puncher as well. Um, a fight I really like the sound of. Who do you see winning that one, Callum?
0: Um, it's
3: good, obviously.
0: Darrell's a good fighter he's been there and done it he's experienced and we know know what to worry about the ring but I like the look of Benavidez he's young he's hungry he fights fights at a good work rate and I think he's only 20 so he's only getting better and I just think his youth and his work rate will be a little bit too much for Darrell. I could be wrong but from seeing the last few recent fights I just think Benavidez might just be that little bit too hungry and wanted a little bit more
3: yeah yeah, no, I think the youth the, the youth could prevail on that one as well. And finally a fight that yeah. I've got to ask everybody about that we speak to, Canelo versus Triple G. How do you see that mouth watering fight unfold in September?
0: Um I don't know. I've changed my mind a few times over the last few weeks. Um I think Canal is very good. I think he'll he'll look good early on in the fight. His combination obviously there's many better than him in the sport at the minute and I think the success Kelbrook had early on I think Canelo will have probably plus more I think he's a bigger man and he's got very, very good shot selection but I just think I think they get a good civil G on the night as well I think he's underperformed in his last couple maybe through lack of motivation but I think you'll see the best of him and I just think his powers are a little bit too much for Canelo at middleweight but I think Canelo could be winning but I think the knocks can knock him out
3: yeah, it's, it's a brilliant fight. Everybody I ask, no one's really convinced yeah. that they're right with what they're saying. You know? Yeah, no, I, wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't like to put my money on it, to be fair. It's a very good fight and it's a shame it's not getting the publicity issue because of the Mayor and the McGregor fight because yeah. it's a it's a much, much better fight. I don't think there's a better fight in the sport at the minute.
3: Yeah, everybody said exactly the same thing there. Just before I let you go, Callum, anything to add at all? Anything you want to say that any, to anyone that could be listening at all?
0: Yeah, no, just... Look forward to September the fifteenth, and looking forward to getting back in the ring and hopefully I can get back and put in a good performance, and hopefully go on and win the tournament next year. There's some very good fights for me to be made, made, the maybe bank Gold or Cox and stuff, and I'm looking forward to basically getting people talking about me again.
3: Absolutely. Okay, listen, Callum, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, mate. Thanks for giving us some of your time, and we'll no uh, doubt catch up again after your fight.
0: No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.
3: Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. Usually, we go over to Ayaz with the latest news, but as I've said, he's not with me. He's not with us. It's me and Diego this week. There's no news. So, I'm very sorry about that, but in place of that, we're going to return with the funny name fighter segment, a piece that we used to do quite regularly before. We haven't done it for a while. It's where, basically, I read out funny name fighters that are fighting this week. So, we've actually... There's a bit of a field day going on. There's some real funny name fighters this week. So, um... We're going to start over in the Philippines. There's a fight happening over there. A man called Marlon Arcilla. There's nothing wrong with his name, but he takes on a man called Robin Kong. I just like that name, to be honest. I thought that was quite good for me. He's record five and three with three draws. All the very best to Robin Dinkong. Moving over now to Japan. There was a fight on this bill. and I think we've probably mentioned it before as a funny name fight. There's literally a guy called Cocky Tyson. He's uh, record 12-2 and two with two draws. He's actually fighting for a belt here against a man called Brandon Lockhart Shane. So all the very best to cocky Tyson. If you thought Tyson was cocky and you've got it a bit twisted up, this is the man to support over in Japan. Also on that bill, by the way, there's another fighter, if I'm not mistaken, by the name of Money Powell. Um, you know, not really the funniest name, but I quite like that. Money Powell is 2 and 0 oh. Uh, He takes on a guy who's zero and three, so all the very best to money, pal. Moving over now to China. There's always something on these China bills. I do like to see some of the names on there. There's actually a guy over in China by the name of Wiley, literally, Diego. The guy's name is Wiley, like the rapper, you know? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, he deserves a mention. Wiley's actually making his debut here against someone called He Lu. Who's 1 and 2. So um, all the very best to Wiley. I'm a big fan of his. I've had a few t- tunes of his on my iTunes for quite a while. And uh, there's also someone on this bill as well. Who's making their debut. Against a man called Yong Peng. Who's 0 and 3. A man called Bangin Zhang. And I don't know what that means. That's probably some sort of some uh, some sort of, <laughs> some sort of of slang for something. But yeah Bangin Zhang's making his debut. He gets a mention as well. Um, another one in Japan actually. Another man making his debut. A man by the name of Hama. Gorilla, and I think he's a contender to win this. I think that um, I really like that name, Hummer Gorilla. Um, I think that's a perfect name. He takes on a man who's four and free called Regent Kuzumoto. All the very best to Hummer Gorilla in the incubation center in Japan. And finally, oh no, there's a couple, there's a couple of others um, in the USA this week. There's actually a guy, and I'm not even kidding, his name is. Javonte Davis. It's not Javonte spelt the same. It's actually g e v. O-N-T-E, so Javonte Davis. He's clearly not as good as Javonte Davis because his record is 4-7 and seven with one draw. He takes on a man called Rashad Jones, so a good mention there to Jav- Javonte or however you want to say that. He's an imposter, that's all I'm going to call him. Uh, also moving over to China as well, there's another fight over there. A man called Richard Garcia 26-24 and 24, with one draw takes on a man with no wins. And it always seems to be the case, whenever we see a funny name fight he always seems to have no wins or he's just making his debut this man's record is 0-4 but he gets a good mention his name is Yang Yang Wang and I like that as well. And finally, a man that I'm sure we've mentioned before. This one happening over in the USA at the Boxing and Balls Outdoor Grounds. I like the name of the venue, and I like the name of the fighter, a man called Melvin Weaselboy. And I know it just it sounds like I'm making it up, but he, I'm truly not. He's one and zero. He takes on a man called Billy Martin, who's zero and one. All the very best to Melvin Weaselboy. Um. So Diego, usually what we do is we kind of say who you know. Which name we like best So I'm going to come over to you So there's the choices here You've got Melvin Weaselboy You've got Yang Yang Wang You've got Javonte Davies You've got Hummer Gorilla You've got um, Bangin Zhang You've got Wiley You've got Money Pal You've got Cocky Tyson And you've got one other that I Oh yeah, Robin Ding Kong Who wasn't the best name What one stands out to you? What one is the best name? Yeah, yeah. His
2: name. I've definitely got to go with uh, Cocky Tyson
3: you like Cocky Tyson yeah, I don't Cocky. know I'm split I'm split I like Hummer Gorilla but then I also like um, I like Wiley <laughs>
2: I think that's yeah, yeah. as
3: well all right, we'll we spread it across the three guys, so they all get mentions here. They probably, they probably don't even know the podcast exists, but they're being mentioned. They're heroes this week, right? That's it for the funny name fighter segment. We will leave that there. It's been, you know, it replaced the news. It was, it was a little bit of comedy thrown in there. Moving over to the serious stuff now. Part two, the previewing. There is one fight that's happening later tonight, so unfortunately, we won't be able to talk about the result of it until next week. But it's a decent fight. It's happening over in the hotel jaragua in dominican republic actually um one fight to mention over there carlos adamez he's 11 and oh he was a decent amateur uh he's fighting for the wba feder welterweight title i think it might be his own title It's actually it's a funny one it's a, it's an 11 round contest at welterweight against former world champion carlos molina from mexico 28 and 6 with two draws we've actually had carlos on the show so um I'm going to wish Carlos Molina all the very best over in the Dominican Republic there. Uh, so, yeah, that's a fight happening midweek. We're going to talk about the result on next week's show. Moving over to this Friday now, the Shanghai Oriental Sports Centre in China. One fight to mention on this bill, Zhu Shiming 9-1, and defends his WBO world flyweight title against Sho Kimura, 14-1 with two draws. I'm not, you know, I've said it many times, I'm not a big... Um, You know, a big expert in in flyweight boxing. I know that, obviously, I know who Zhu Shimming is. I don't know anything about his opponent, so it'd be unfair to sit here and start giving my take on it. But that's one to mention. Um, moving over now, one fight to mention just over in Nicaragua. This guy gets an honourable mention. Christopher Rosales, 23 and 3. If I'm not mistaken, he's only 22 or 23 years old. He actually dropped Andrew Selby in his last fight and he dropped Andrew Selby in the first round. He went on to lose, obviously. But he's in a 10 round contest at Flyweight. He defends his WBC Latino Flyweight title against Jose Martin. Oh, I can't even say that name, but uh, all the very best to both men in there. Moving over now to the United Kingdom. One fight to mention at the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, Lancashire. Top of the bill, Zelpha, Flash, Barrett, 17-0, takes on Jordan Ellison, 7-10. and uh, it's a 10-rounder at Super featherweight. Zelfa Barrett's a man that I'm quite high on. I think he's quite good, but he needs to step up, man. He's, You know, this is his 18th fight now, and he really needs to step up. So all the very best to him, but I want to see him in some big fights down the line very soon. Also on the bill, Marcus Morrison, 14-2, and two, prospect out of the Gallagher's boxing gym. Um... He was 14-0. He's actually lost two fights on the bounce, but he's in a six-rounder here at middleweight. Um, i give him a bit of credit, really, because he jumped straight back in after losing two on the trot. He doesn't want to take some time off. He doesn't want to really go back to the drawing board. He wants to jump straight back out there. That shows a lot of character and heart. So all the very best to Marcus Morrison and Joe Gallagher. Moving over now to the SSE Arena in Belfast, Northern Ireland. I'm going to come over to you now, Diego. Top of the bill over here. Carl Frampton, 23-1, and one, no title on the line. It's the return of the jackal. He takes on Andres Gutierrez, 35-1 and one, with one draw. Obviously, Gutierrez is a man that's, you know, he's he's vastly experienced, but he hasn't really fought on that kind of world level, um, yeah. you know. So, do you know too much about this guy? I know he's obviously South American like yourself. Do you know too much about him or, or, or anything at all?
2: Uh, to be honest, this is the first time I've actually come across uh, his name. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with him, to be honest.
3: All right, no worries. But um, yeah, obviously it's going to be exciting to see Carl Frampton back in the ring. Um, you know, we want to see him back in the mix with the likes of Leo Santa Cruz and all that. So overall, we're excited to see Carl Frampton back in the ring, anyway.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure he's made adjustments. It probably won't show in this fight because the styles are going to be going to be quite different, and the quality of of, of opponent itself. <clears throat> but yeah, I think. Uh, I think Carl Frampton still has a lot to offer to the division you know he's a, he's an amazing fighter and uh, it was unfortunate the, the way uh, Santa Cruz handled this whole you know because we were expecting him to give Carl Frampton back the rematch just as Frampton did and uh, but I mean I guess Frampton just has to work his way up again and, and so because he's already got the name he's got the reputation so he's just working himself back into that position and and I'm sure he'll do great things, just as he's already done.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We certainly hope so. Also on that bill, Comrade Cummins, 11-1 and one with one draw, takes on Robert Swizbinski, 18-6 and six with two draws. I'm, sh- I'm sure I've seen his name before. I can't remember where. But, yeah, Comrade Cummins, uh, he puts his WBO European middleweight title on the line. It's a 12-rounder at middleweight, that one, just to mention. Uh, also on the bill, it's not really the most attractive-looking bill, but... I will mention Chantelle Cameron, 2-0. Her opponent's yet to be announced, but she's in six two-minute rounds at lightweight. We wish her all the very best. A very exciting female in the sport. Moving over now, really, to the big one this weekend. This is a brilliant, brilliant fight. This is a fight I've been looking forward to for so long. It's a real, true boxing fans fight, this one. Over in the Barclays Center, Brooklyn, New York, USA. Uh, You know, no other place for it to be really Mikey Garcia 36 and 0 takes on the problem, Adrian Broner 33 and 2. What a fight! I'm not even going to say anymore, I'm going to go straight over to you, Diego. What a fight!
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, I think, uh, maybe the whole Mayweather McGregor, uh, sort of press conference sort of took away from, from this fight in the, the past few weeks, like all the publicity. But this is an amazing fight, and this is a fight that. If you're a boxing fan, you should definitely be watching. I mean, what you've got here is two amazingly talented fighters, and uh, I think I think Broner. I mean, we've we, we've heard it before from him. You know, when he says he's he's about boxing now, his that the sort of party life is behind him. But I think if at any point there was any fight where it was going to cost him, it's this fight. And so, if he is about boxing, it will definitely show in this fight. If if that's what he's been up to. And if, it, if he hasn't, then it's, he's, it's going to really cost him in this fight because Mikey Garcia is someone who's dedicated, has been dedicated to the sport and it's shown that's why his record is as good as it is. But what what we should be mentioning as well is the fact that Broner, on paper, <clears throat> seems to be more accomplished than Mikey Garcia. And Mikey Garcia, even though he's been around a long time, he still has some catching up to do in the sense that this is his first time at 140, and uh, I think I think it's, it's definitely it's an amazing fight. It's a great fight, and I think that truly the better fight is going to win. I think that Broner's got the physical aspect to him. He's a, he seems a bit more stockier than than Mikey Garcia. Personally, for me, I think he's faster. I think he's more athletic. But Mikey Garcia's just got a way that he seems he's sort of graceful in the way he fights. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, this weekend.
3: It's just, as you said, it's an absolutely brilliant fight. It really is. I'm so happy that Sky Sports have picked it up. I'm going to be tuning in on Saturday. I think the telecast starts about 1 in the morning. So I'm going to give my thoughts on this. Mikey Garcia, 36-0. and 0. This is clearly his biggest fight. I think that's fair to say. It's the biggest fight of his career. And you'd have to say that Adrian Bronner, this is probably one of his biggest fights as well. I think that Adrian, aside from that Maidana fight, which was probably the biggest fight, I suppose you could say, but that, that comes to my head anyway, Um, You know, this is really one of his biggest fights, if not the biggest fight of his career also. So Adrian needs to be really dedicated. The thing with him is the dedication has been the problem. Um, There's been a couple pictures of him, you know, in, in the last couple of days where some people are not really liking the way he looks. They're saying he looks a bit dried out. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I think the weigh is going to be really important. As I've said before on a few different shows um, that we've done, Adrian Broner, I don't think he's made the 140 limit for something like two years. I mean, the closest he came to it was when he took on Ashley Theophane, and he missed it by like half a pound. So I think the weight's a big thing. You know, an interesting question is to ask, who does this weight suit better? Because we all know that Broner up at 147, that's not where he should be. Mikey Garcia really and truly, you know, he's, he's a lightweight, even even a bit less than that. So it's a really interesting fight for the weight point of view. I think that makes it a really good fight. But it's the best weight for them both to fight at stylistically and, you know, for the whole matchup to be 50-50. But for me, I think Mikey Garcia's probably got the tools, the smarts. And the toughness to come through this. I think he can also bang. I think he's the harder hitter of the pair. Um, But yeah, if Brona's switched on, he's a problem for anybody. He truly is. But nice. It's just a brilliant fight. I I really got to stress to anybody listening to me right now. Please watch this fight. It's going to be unbelievable. This is a true boxing fans fight. Diego, I know that you broke it down a little bit. And I want to come to you just for one last thing. You managed to escape without saying your prediction. Who do you reckon wins this fight and how?
2: Uh... I've got a feeling Broner wins this fight.
3: Really?
2: And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've thought about this fight quite some time now. And I support both of them. I mean, both of them are sort of, this is sort of like a nightmare fight for me in some sense because I support both of them. Uh, but I really do think that, I think, I think they're equal. I think Mikey Garcia probably is more talented. But I just think that Broner seems to be more explosive And I think that's where we might see maybe sort of you you remember what happened sort of when uh, he caught Emmanuel Taylor with that last shot at the end, and obviously Emmanuel Taylor is nowhere near as talented as Mikey Garcia, but I think it's just those moments of explosiveness where something may come out, and I can see Mikey Garcia maybe getting stopped. I'm not I'm not too sure when, but if that doesn't happen, then I would have Mikey Garcia winning on points. But I think that if brown is to win, and I saw, and I have that feeling that he'll win, it would be like that. It would come out from an explosive combination, and maybe he'll follow through with that, and stop making Garcia. Wow,
3: that's a big call. If you. Yeah. Uh if you put your money where your mouth is, you get some good odds on that. Um, I just, I just want to touch on the fact that I asked a poll on box, Hard podcast, Twitter of, you know, who people think is going to win and how, and the results of the poll, I mean, it's still going on. I think it still goes on till about fight night or something, but the Ooh. results so far, are 45%, which is the highest percentage, are picking Garcia to win on points. 38% are picking Garcia to win by knockout. Only 10% say Broner on points. And your prediction, uh, Broner by a KO, only 7%. So, you know, not well, many people sharing that opinion, but it's certainly a very interesting one, Diego. For me, I'm going to go with Mikey Garcia on points. I don't feel that um, either man's going to be stopped inside the distance Um, you know both men are very tough both men haven't been stopped I think that Broner's very tough some people kind of knock him you know for being put down twice by uh, Maidana I think in that fight and um, you know he come through the storm really with, with Sean Porter despite losing so yeah I think both men are very tough I can only see it going to points but for me I think Mikey Garcia is going to pull it out, but no. Nah, it just goes to show, again, for people listening, myself and Diego here, both completely seeing it from different aspects, both seeing different uh, you know ways that the other man can win the fight. So it just goes to show there. The proof's in the pudding. It's going to be a really, really good fight. Very highly anticipated. Moving down the undercard, Jamal Charlo, 25-0. It's his first fight at middleweight since binning his title at 154. He moves up to 160 to take on Jorge Sebastian Highland, a man who... I remember knocked out, um oh, his completely his name's completely escaped me. Knocked out Ireland's Matthew Macklin, I remember. I remember when that happened. So um, yeah, Jorge Sebastian Highland, twenty nine and four with two draws. Bit of a tough guy, but you know, I think his his better days are a little bit behind him. Jamal Chalo obviously very fresh, very very good, very athletic. He's got a lot of power. and It's going to be very interesting to see what he looks like at one sixty. Um, do you want to add anything to that, Diego, at all, or should we leave that one, that one there? Uh, yeah,
2: no, um, I am. I'm particularly interested actually in uh in Jamal Chalo and what he's got to break to the middleweight division. Um, I was really, 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 I wouldn't say surprised. I think more sort of, I think I, he caught my attention with the way he, he sort of beat um, Julian Williams. Because there was a lot, a lot of people who were talking about how he was ducking Julian Williams, how Julian Williams was going to be sort of this next uh, great fighter. And I think he could he could probably still be it, be it, but just the way he finished off and with his brother as well, they've sort of developed a style where they be, they seem very powerful, and uh, I think only at one sixty this can make him make him even make him a better. Um, maybe a showdown with Golovkin is out of the. There's been questions of Golovkin apparently trying, uh, thinking of retirement, but you know there's other great fighters at one sixty as well. It'll be really interesting to see what Jamel Charlo can do because he's a talented fighter. He's he's tall, he's strong, and his style I think is really well suited for for the for, for the division. And I, the same I would share with you. I think that um, he would probably get the win over Highland. Um, and I think this is more just like to feed, you know, to sort of see where he's at. But I think he'll continue with his winning ways and he'll go far in in, in his one sixty career.
3: Yeah, I have to agree. I think that, um, as you said there, Jamal Charlo, a really good fighter. I think he is probably just feeling out um, the weight. And he's it's it's, it's probably the perfect opponent to feel out the weight with, to be honest. Um, yeah, but no, tremendous fighter. I actually remember that Julian Williams, um, the whole thing with him. I remember Julian Williams won a fight. And instead of calling... Jamal Charlo a chicken. He called him a turkey. And I think he did it by accident, but he stuck with it the whole way through. So we always called him a turkey. (laughs) But yeah, no, all the very best to to Jamal Charlo. Moving down the undercard, another really good fight that caught my eye. Um, Roche Warren, 14 and 2. I think he's promotionally hooked up with Adrian Broner, if I'm not mistaken. He's taking on McJoe Arroyo, 17 and 1. Obviously, Roche Warren, former um, belt holder. McJoe Joe Arroyo, if I'm not mistaken, I think he either held a title or held an interim title. Uh, that's at super flyweight, so that should be a good bang up there. And also another fight on the bill. Um a, a guest from last week's show, Billy Dib, friend of the show, former IBF featherweight world champion, 42 and 4. He takes on Yardley Suarez, 22 and 8. Now, we spoke a little bit about this fight last week, so there's not too much to talk about. Yardley Suarez isn't really offering too much, I feel, for Billy Dib. Uh, it's, it should be really a showcase win for Billy Dib. Obviously, you know, just recently linking up with Robert Garcia and Mikey Garcia and all the guys there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a decent fight. It's going to be good to see him active, and I like, you know, I like seeing Robert Garcia in his corner um, quite quite honestly also on the bill katie taylor as well she gets out it's going to be interesting to see her on this bill it's really a, a fantastic bill i'm really looking forward to it and seeing as it's going to be on sky i'm sure they're going to show her as well uh, she's in a fi- sixth contest she's five and oh at the moment it's an eight round contest eight two minute rounds of course her opponent yet to be announced and finally the final fight to mention on this bill a heavyweight clash that i am really looking forward to both men have been on this show before. One is probably more of a friend of the show than the other. Because big baby Jerrell Miller... 18-0 and 0 with one draw he's been on the show once before but Gerald Washington 18-1 and 1 with one draw has been on quite a few times it's a 10 rounder this one this is a really really interesting matchup for me because Jarrell Big Baby Miller has been making a lot of noise for a long time he's been asking for a big fight he's been wanting to take on the likes of Dillian White and etc etc et some people say he likes to price himself out of these fights but he's been you know he's been asking he's been calling for a big fight for a very long time and he gets it here, he gets it in um, if I'm not mistaken, in his hometown, he gets it also against an American, so Gerald Washington who for me, I mean he's coming off the loss to Deontay Wilder in a fight where I thought he was winning every round until he got stopped Um, I was very upset for him there. And Jarrell Miller, this is like a big step up. This is a step up that he's been asking for. So he gets it here against a man who was previously undefeated and has only lost at world level. So I think it's a brilliant fight. In some ways, I feel bad for the loser because the loser really and truly is probably going to get people saying, you know, he's finished, he's finished but no, it's not like that. Jarrell if he loses, if Big Baby loses then maybe he's not at this level I think that would be clear, but if Gerald loses, then you just don't know what, you know, you don't really know how good Big Baby is. It's one of those fights it's really, really, really good I'm really excited for it and I just can't wait to see it, to be honest. Anything you want to add on that one, Diego? Really good fight as well
2: yeah, yeah, it's a. It really is a. It's a good fight, and uh, yeah, I think it is. is a difficult one to sort of give your prediction on because Gerald Washington, despite him getting knocked out in his last fight, I mean, he really showed. He showed he's a talented boxer, and I think that any fighter who gets caught with a, with a with a hard shot by Wilder will go down. So I haven't seen personally that much of Jarome. I've seen some fights. He looks okay. He doesn't look, you know, like uh, something like that's really eye catching. Uh, Gerald Washington, what I, I really saw was he's got he's, he's a talented boxer. He's strong, and I think he's also he's got a good uh, he's got he seems to be in good physical shape. And I think that th- that aspect and the fact that he's a good boxer may be the difference in this fight, and also the experience. Gerald Miller, he's coming up. He's been you know he's been uh, asking for a big fight. Gerald Washington's been there. Whatever happened. He's already been there. He's experienced the the environment. He knows what it's like. He knows the whole the whole week into the lead-up. He knows how to conduct his camp for a, a massive fight. So I think that, personally, I'd say Gerald Washington would uh, is going to get the win. But even if he does get the loss, I mean, I think that he, he's still a talented fighter. And he's got a lot of things to, to still give in this, in this boxing game. So, yeah, that's what I'd say.
3: Yeah, um, I think Gerald's definitely taken this fight very seriously as well I remember we've had him on the show a few times we actually had him on fight week of the world title fight against Wilder this time I tried to speak to him and he basically said look you know, I'm really concentrating on this fight. I don't really want to do any interviews until after the fight. So that kind of told me something. He's really, um, you know, really dedicated, really motivated for this fight as well. One thing I will add is Jarrell Miller, sometimes he's come into fights really, really heavy. If he does this here, it'll be You know, he'd be shooting himself in the foot. He can't afford to do that with somebody as talented as Gerald Washington. But again, really, really excited to that fight. And again, it's another thing. It's like, I actually am really excited for the weigh-in. I want to see how much Broner weighs. I want to see how much Big Baby weighs as well. So, so much excitement and anticipation for the Saturday night card at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And the final bill to mention now. This one's actually happening on the Sunday at the Rabobank Theater in California. USA. One fight to mention on this Bill, before we wrap up what we've got to say. Wrap up the uh, the preview part of the show. Victor Ortiz returns to the ring after. Well, let's be honest. After quitting a little bit against Andre Berto last, um, I think it was April of two of 2016. Uh, his record 31 and six with two draws. He takes on Saul Coral, who's got a record of 25 and nine. Um, Coral's not really. You know he doesn't offer much, he's not really a great fighter. He's lost against some fringe kind of guys, and um, Victor Ortiz in truth should win, but you just never know what you're going to get with Victor Ortiz. He could fight really well, he could knock someone out, or he could quit. Like, it, it really could go either way. So, um, all the very best to Victor Ortiz anyway in this fight, I suppose. It's a 10 rounder at World to Wait that one, and um. Yeah, that's really it from California. That's really it for the previewing. We've done the reviewing. We haven't done the news, unfortunately. We did the Funny Name Fighter segment. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And, of course, we've just finished there with the previewing. The last thing to do before we wrap up this episode is, of course, to welcome guest number two. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that needs no introduction on this show. He's been on more times than any other trainer. It's, of course, Mr. Dave Caldwell. Dave, welcome to the show. How you doing, mate? Right? Yes, all good, my friend. You?
1: Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Excellent, excellent.
3: So, Dave, we last spoke on this show about 10 days before Hay versus Bellew, and I can't believe it's been that long. So it's only right to start, really, by saying congratulations on that win. What a fantastic night it was for you and Tony.
1: It was. It was was a great night. Very, very satisfying. Um, You know, there was a lot of stuff that went on beforehand, and it just made just made that night even you know even sweeter yeah of course
3: one thing that shocked me now I consider David Hay a very accurate puncher I don't really consider Tony Bellew a really elusive boxer but Hay was missing yeah. by miles at times and it was a little bit embarrassing actually the, the way he was missing yeah. Tony was making him miss um, a lot in that fight as well
1: yeah it was yeah I mean listen there's, there's, there's two things that, that lead to that one you know both things we prepared for one you know the the game plan and the tactics that Tony employed, um, the defensive moves and, and the the boxing ability that he showed in that fight, and then two we knew that David A wasn't the David A that you know in the old days as a cruiserweight, you know the the fast, sharp, um, accurate fighter that he was. You know, and we said that in the build-up and. You know, we we got mocks for it. You know, I remember when you know, people saying, "Oh, how you know, just how do you expect to win this fight? You know, there's no chance that Tony's going to win." And you know, in a few interviews, all I said was, "Listen, what's going to happen when you know early doors? David is missing, and he's missing, and he's getting touched back, and he's missing, and then it becomes a fight." You know, um, and I also said, you know, will Willie Willie's body be able to fight? We don't know that. He doesn't know that. And you know, it's not like you know we we. We said it was going to be the old David A that was knocking everybody out and being fantastic. David A's been inactive and he's been, you know, he's, 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 <laughs> he's a completely different fighter to what he was. And, you know, we was aware of that. And, and we said that in the build-up. There was no shock to it. and There was no shock to how the fight panned out. I said beforehand, you know, the early rounds was just about, you know, taking more steam out of him and, and making him miss and, and getting frustrated. And that's what was happening.
3: Yeah, you certainly did say I remember you even saying it on this show. Now, since then, Dave, despite the result, a lot of people believe that if David Hay is fully fit and doesn't get injured, he would win the rematch. What's your <laughs> thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, but that's like, you know, you can say that about anything. About if I, if he did this, if he did that, if he didn't do that, he'd have won. If he didn't do that, he'd have won. It is, it is what it is, you know? People think that if, if Joe Cortez had... Uh, Jumped on Ricky Hatton's back all the way through a fight. They need to beat Floyd Mayweather. Would they? Who knows? You know, it is what it is. The fight's a fight. Is the fight. If fights get won on a cut eye. Does that mean that that fighter that won the fight that cut the other guy with a punch and whatever? Does that mean that, that he doesn't deserve to have the accolades of a win? You know, fights get won on, a, on an injury. A fighter you know pulls out of an injury. People just you know that's part of boxing. Once you get in that fight, a fight is a fight. What you you know? It, it comes down to ability, comes down to strength, comes down to physical capabilities. If your body can't handle what you're supposed to be doing, that's part of the fight. That's the fight. You know, it, it, like I said, fighters lose lose and then the, oh you know I broke my hand in the second round, like and I couldn't get going. Oh, you got a broken jaw. Yeah, well, we, and they get a pass for that. You know, well yeah, it, it's it's part of it's part of the you know it's part of the game. If a, it is what it is you know, and and I'm not really bothered about what people want to go on about, whether, you know, they've all been negative, bottom line is Tony wasn't supposed to get out of the first round or the second round, and that's what everybody was saying before the fight as soon as David A hits him on chin he is done, he's been taken out he's not getting out of the first two rounds let's make this clear, when David A had two legs and he was fine, and he was loading up and he was firing them bombs in he touched Tony on the chin he landed a few times on that chin of Bellews. You know, the chin that's supposed to be letting him down because he got stopped against Adonis Stevenson, so how can he take David A's power? You know, that same chin. And he took those shots. So, it's not like he never got... I understand if he never got touched all the way through the fight and then, boom, leg went and, and that's it. We got lucky. But he didn't. You know? And that's that's what I'm saying. is Some people, they're, they're a little bit blinkered in, in the fight. You know? And... and that's how it is. It, it is what it is. Bottom line is, Bellew got touched on the whiskers and it took the shots and it came straight through the shots. It was never wobbled. It was never in trouble. Um, and, and we won the fight and that's what it is.
3: And for a while, Tony... Was linked with the Wilder fight and also the Parker fight, both for their respective world titles. However, Dave, and I'm going to be honest here. I really yeah. do like Tony Bellew. I re- I really do. I love him to bits. But he's not a natural heavyweight, and I'm not going no, to say no. I'm not going to say he co- he couldn't beat Parker. I'm not going to say he couldn't beat Wilder. But these guys are six seven. They punch harder than Hay Well, in, no, in, no, in Wilder's no, case, they do.
1: You're wrong there. One on. man's about 6'7", 6'8". Wilder's 6'7". And, and, and Wilder's Wild the one that we said, no. Nope. as soon as they came face-to-face, nope, it's too big. Joseph Parker is an inch taller than Tony Bellew, and they've met face-to-face. And I'm telling you, he is not a massive heavyweight. Face-to-face they've met, and we've seen the size where, when they've squared off together, uh, when they stood with each other. And he ain't no giant. You know, he's yeah. an. You are talking about a guy that's an inch taller than Tony Bellew. You know, yes, yeah. he's got. You know, yes, he's a he's a heavyweight, but also he's very green and he's not. You know, he's he's not the best heavyweight out there. Now, when you are talking about a Wilder, an AJ, you know, a, a Tyson Fury, they're giants. They're big, big men, and that's. I, I completely agree with you. Tony Bellew is not an, an heavyweight. You know, not not to compete with the super heavyweight division. But Parker's not a big heavyweight. He's not a giant. And so therefore it's it's not as, as big a fit um, physical disadvantage as what you'd expect. Listen, he was supposed to get blasted out by, by David A and he didn't. And yes, David A did it much in. And does does Parker hit harder than David A?
3: I don't think so. No, no, I, I don't think so on his point. I, I'll focus on the Wilder bit. Obviously, as you said there, Wilder being 6'7", a big puncher, probably a, yeah, a bigger big. puncher than, than, than Hay. Yeah, that fight, in a way, I was glad that fight didn't happen because yeah. I felt that, you know, I know that Bell Bellew's upset the odds many times, but he would have been yeah, an underdog yeah. there. And for me, yeah. I feel that if he would have lost the fight before taking on Hay in a rematch, I don't think that fight sells as well. I don't think it, that fight gets as much money as mm-hmm. both men deserve.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, as far as the the, the Wilder fight's concerned, that was a fight that I never wanted, you know. And I'd said to Tony, you know, uh, because I've, you know, I have I've worked with Dante Wilder for three weeks, you know, when we had him over to sparring for David A. you know. So I've worked with him. I know how big he is, how tall he is, how range he is. It's not. Listen, he isn't the best heavyweight out there. He's not. You know, technically he's not great. He's he's like his name. He's very very wild. But if he catches you on the end of those levers, good night. The guy can punch. And the, you know, like you say, giving up that, that natural size, the height, the reach, the longevity, that is too much of it. For me, that would have been, you know, a very, very dangerous fight. I'm not saying we couldn't have pulled it off, but the, the chance of that, for me, being honest, Tony would have been a massive underdog in that fight. In, in his mind, listen, you talk about fighters that were willing to get in his mind, he believes it, it could be uh, uh, wilder. But then the metal, and he realized just how big the man was, and how difficult a night that was. Giving up, you know, going in with somebody that, that punches as as hard as him, you know, as a natural heavyweight, and he was like, no, he, he understood that, and he got that, and that's why, you know, we haven't pursued the fight with with Wilder. We're not, you know, we're not stupid. It's just like, you know, he, he's got no intentions of, of shouting at Anthony Joshua. You know, he's not, he's not an idiot, and you know, once he saw the physicalities of Wilder, close and personal, then. You know, you've not heard him mention Wilder since. So that fight, that's that's put to bed. That's got you know, that's got nothing to do with it.
3: Yeah, yeah, no. And like I say, um, you know, you you can't blame Bellew for believing he can do all these things because he's really yeah. upset the, uh, the the apple cart many times. Now we've all seen Hayes making really good progress. You know, he seems like his legs. Yeah. You know, he's been working on it. Fantastic. Is, yeah. is there a deadline that the rematch has got to be signed before Tony moves on, Dave?
1: Well, yeah. If we if we make if we make another fight, I mean, we're getting to the point now where we're like, well, next you know, next couple of weeks we need to we need to really sort something out, um, you know, and and decide which way we're going to go. And he's got you know, there's there's the options that are there. So, yeah, you know, it's it's let's let's see which way it goes.
3: Moving on to a couple of your your other fighters now. Dave Gavin McDonald got a win the other week. Good to see him back to winning yeah. ways after losing uh, yeah. his world title shot. How's he doing?
1: yeah good yeah it was it was obviously the disappointment um initially that he, he felt in losing his world title shot but realistically you got to look of you got to look at Gav McDonald and say he did really really well to to get a world title shot a wbc world title shot and to to put up such a good fight especially down you know down down the stretch of the fight it come on really really well um it's just Vargas was too good for him you know it's too good too experienced, just the better fighter um you know, um, and and as far as Gav's concerned, it's a case of rebuilding. He's come back with a win uh, on a small show, getting you know, getting getting the the rust off and getting that loss put behind him. Uh, put up a good performance as well, and it's about moving forward now and then. You know, looking at uh, another big fight, um, September, Oct- uh, October time, and then you come through that, then you can start planning for another crappy. You know. He, there's no point in him trying to get him into a another world title shot as soon as possible. He lost uh, against Vargas because he wasn't that he wasn't good enough, and also still the, the things that we're trying to work on in the gym, the mistakes that he keeps making, cost him in that fight. And he realizes, wow, yeah, I get it, you know, and 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 now I need to work harder on those those faults that I've got in order to to compete at world level again. So there's no point in rushing him straight back into world level. He needs a couple of fights to 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 improve, um, not against you. He needs a, you know he needs another a, a real fight. You know um, whether it's at like European or uh, or a domestic or top domestic, European or, or fringe world title level uh, world class level. He needs another real fight, and if he comes through that, then you know you've earned another shot at, uh, um, at going planning for another world title shot. But you know I, I would say everything goes to plan. Then maybe the end you know towards the end of. 2018. Um, that's when he'd be ready, you know, both you know, with with more experience and, and more uh, education in the gym. Then maybe he's ready for another assault on a on a world title.
3: Yeah, we absolutely wish him all the very best. And when we last spoke, you were quite honest about David Price and where his future lays. I haven't heard anything since then. How's he doing? What you know? Do we know what's next for him?
1: Um, well, I'd said, I'd said after that fight, you know, I, sp- I spoke to him and, and I'd said, as far as I was concerned, I, I don't think that he should, he should box again. Um, uh, i am since then, I've not had anything to do with him boxing wise. And, and so that's not really any of my, uh, any of my business really, what he chooses to do. Um, he knows my opinion. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm friends with him. Um, we'll be in touch. but I mean, I've not spoken to him about boxing at all, it's just been case of how we mate, as family, everything good. Um and that's it. Um you know I've got no I've got no interest in talking to David Price about about boxing at all to be honest. Um what he chooses to do, if he chooses to carry on or not, that's that's down to him. That's his that's his career and I'm you know, I've got no right to tell somebody to pack up. All I can offer is my opinion, which I have done. Yeah.
3: Fair enough, and also um, a fight that we all knew was a pretty close fight is happening again. Jamie McDonald giving Solis a rematch. Now I said it on the podcast the other week that when it got announced, it just goes to show the character of Jamie Mac. You know, he could have moved up, he could have looked elsewhere, but he clearly yeah. wants to settle the score, and he deserves a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, let, let, let's let's be honest. It was uh, the the thing about Jamie McDonald is he's not a banger. Every fight is going to be an hard fight. A twelve, you know, or or a late, late, you know, the stops he gets usually are late. But nine times out of ten, at top level, it's going to be points jumps. These are hard fights. Now, the guys at the at the lower end of the division, something like James McDonald, does never get the the respect. He never gets the exposure that his accomplishments in this game deserve. You look at his achievements and who he's beaten in his career. He's it, it, he's got a fantastic resume. Now. He doesn't get the respect, and he doesn't get the the exposure. So the one thing that he needs to get is he needs to get the money. So the problem is, he, he you know, it was a very, very close fight against Solis. People like to batter us and slag us off and say that, we, that we, we robbed Solis. You know, I I thought going into the fight on the night, I thought it was down to the last round. I thought we won the last round. But it's a close fight. That means it can go either way for me. Now, when, when the scorecards would be in red in the ring, because I only thought we nicked it, when they read out the scorecards, I thought we'd lost it. And then when they they gave it to us, I thought, I, my, my initial reaction was, wow, that's bad. I knew we was going to get loads and loads of crap because of the judges' scorecards. Now, that's nothing to do with us, you know? It, Jamie went in there, and, and he boxed, and he, he, he kind of like, um, he stayed on the ropes too long. Um, it didn't... Um, Uh, it didn't do what it was supposed to do in the fire. Now, he understands that, and he knows that. And the thing about him is he's absolutely gutted by the response to his ad. Because this is a kid that, like I said, he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And then on the back of that, the respect he had kind of was gone from a lot of people. And we understand that. So Jamie wanted initially to fight his holly straight away. Now, the problem is a promoter's not willing to put a fight on that doesn't financially make sense to him and you know Eddie was looking at it and he was like listen the numbers just I don't know where I can put this fight on the numbers don't stack up Um, you know Jamie's not going to take a big pay cut to 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 have a fight like that a life and death fight um, like that when there was another fight on the table which we was offered uh, which was the Paul Butler fight on a Warren show which was going to pay him like a lot, a lot more than a rematch against Solis. Like, you, you can't understand that when, when these kids are fighting, they're putting their lives in the line. They deserve to be getting paid to the max that they can do. Now, Jamie's only got a few fights left. You know, you're talking about, you're talking about, you, you're talking about, um, uh, you know, maybe eight, 18 months, two years left in games, just say. You know, I, I'd, I'd like him to be out in a couple of years. So he's only... And, and like, let's look at it realistically. Because he's not a big marketable name, look at how many fights he gets a year. So you're not talking about how many, a, a lot of fights. Left. So he needs to gather as much money as he can in order to, to secure his family's future. So, the, the Butler fight was paying a lot more than what I'll tell you, so his rematch was. So we accepted the terms to go and box on a Frank Warren show against Paul Butler and defend his title on his show. No problem. So, Solis was happy for us to take that fight. So it's 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 not like we'd shafted Solis. We Solis was happy for us to take that fight. We agreed out of out of our money to out of Jamie's money, he was gonna pay Solis a step aside fee. And Solis was happy with that. And then after Butler, the winner has to fight Solis. So Solis gets his, his shot, not a problem. And Solis was happy to sit there and wait. So it's not a problem as far as Solis comes in. We haven't shafted him. He's getting paid for sit, sitting at home and watching it. And he's guaranteed the winner. So he's going to get his rematch. So we waited on that fight. Initially, Jamie's broken his hand against Solis. So he wasn't ready to, to start training again until April. So he's training for April, from April. We're expecting uh, the date in June. It, it ended up where we got a date in July eventually. And then the day after we got the date in July the fight gets cancelled, the show gets cancelled, so we've scratched that, we're not even going to bother trying to chase um, uh, Butler on their show again, so we've turned around straight away and said said to Eddie, I've said, listen, forget about trying to rene- renegotiate a date for Butler, just go and get Solis, Jamie was fed up because he waited all this time and dates getting pushed back pushed back, pushed back, and he was like no, it's let's let's just go and do Solis, we can always do Butler another time so that's when we informed WBA, yes, we're, we're willing to do it mandatory now. There's not going to be any interim fight. Off it goes. There you go. They put it out first bids. That's that's what happened with the fight. Eddie's got the date. We'll, you know it'll be, it'll be announced very very shortly. And so we're gonna have the rematch with Solis. So long story short, it's it's you know the fights happening and people will, will now be happy to see that. You know people, there's people that. Have, British that are there, but Jamie McDonald's never done anything wrong, and people that are out there tweeting and saying, hope he gets smashed because he got decision last time. That's just wrong, man. It's just nothing. That's nothing to do with this kid. This kid's not, not add, add the breaks, not had the exposure, not had none of that, not a big backing. And, you know, he, he won a close fight, and people want him to get smashed. You know, it's just, it is what it is. So that's, that's why Jamie's just all about the money. He wants the biggest paydays out there. Um, and you know, it doesn't feel as though he's ever going to get that respect, you know. Um, and it's it's a shame. Yeah, you know, it is a shame because his his talents deserve it. I mean, I'd I'd like him to to fight Solis, beat Solis, and then step up to super So I think you're going to see the best of him at super way The extra four pounds, I think you'll see see the best of him.
3: Yeah, because obviously, you know, the the recent signing just this week, Paul Butler's now a joint matchroom. It's a great time yeah. to be a bantamweight. Obviously, you've got, um you know, the Lee Haskins fight was there for a while. Now he's been beaten by Ryan Burnett. Yeah. Ryan Burnett's also with yeah. matrim. There's so much right now at world yeah. level, really, for, for bantamweight. But do you see his future not a bantamweight then? You reckon he'll move up to super? It'll be a shame, really.
1: Yeah, but what you've got to remember is getting older, and he's, he's massive. He's bigger yeah. than all them guys you mentioned it. You yeah. know, these are little guys. You know, Ryan Burnett's probably about my height. You know, he's not taller than me. You know, you, you talk about small guys. Paul Butler, again, he's yeah. a small guy. Small, thin guy. You know, Jamie McDonald's got wide shoulders. a big kid. For, for him to get down to the band away, it's very, very hard work. Now, he's doing it, and he's managing it, and he's performing well, but he's going to perform better with an extra £4 on him. And he's coming into that age now where you know the, the little guys, they 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 age quicker than the bigger guys. And that extra four pound on him, is, is a case of where you know you're gonna you're gonna see the best of him. And it's gonna prolong his career. So for me, I would rather him move up as soon as I've been saying this for the last couple of years. I want him to move up as soon as possible. And you know uh, the the paydays at bantamweight have to be more than worthwhile for him to stay at, at, at bantamweight. And that's you know that's how it is.
3: Yeah. And finally, I think I have mentioned all of your fighters now, but one, Mr. Anthony Fowler, he was on the show a few weeks ago. He said that when you both met, you seemed to click pretty much straight away. How's that assignment working out for you, Dave?
1: Yeah, very good, you know. Um, I had no intention of taking any more fighters on. Um, I had no intention when Fowler sent me a message, I think it was in LA, um, and he sent me a message saying, you know, he'd like to do a training session. The only reason why I said yes all right, um, we'll have a chat. Was because again, same as the other guys that I work with, because the the, the mates, you know, Fowler that I've known for for a few years now, uh, used to come to my to my shows that I was putting on. Uh, in fact, we sponsored him for the Commonwealth Games. Um, so I've known him for a while, but I had no intention of training him. Um, and then when we when we spoke and we had the chat and and I realised that he isn't what he comes across sometimes on Twitter I thought he was going to be big headed um, a bit odd to do, to deal with because I thought he'll think he'll, he knows it all he's had 209, 210 amateur fights, you know, Commonwealth gold world, world championship bronze, I thought he's going to be thinking that you know, oh, I've done this, 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 why do I need to change but do you know what his first chat, when I told him exactly what I thought about him uh, faults wise um, he completely agreed and he, I just thought this kid's got the got the right attitude, and you know he's proven me 100% correct. I'm you know I'm so glad that I agreed to work with him because you know he might not be the most naturally gifted fighter, you know, out of the Olympic crop. He might not be the most skillful out there, you know, um, and slick. He's, he's more he's come through on his toughness and his grit and his determination and his will to win, and his dedication. He's also got a brain that's willing and accepting to learn new things. And he understands that he can't just walk through three and four punches each time just to land one. And so he's refining himself. And we're working a lot in the gym in order to improve his game, his all-around game. Um, And trying to get him to stop loading up on single shots. And, you know, he's coming along. He's coming on really nicely. Um, You know, it's early days yet, but he's doing everything that I'm asking him to do. Uh, it's a pleasure to train with. Uh, we have some great banter. He's a good laugh. He reminds me very much in the gym with his discipline and his dedication in the gym of Tony Bellew, and that I can't, you know, I can't um, praise enough because there's not many fighters that have got that same will and, and drive and determination in the gym even when they're tired, when, when when things aren't right, and and you know they just want to get the job done no matter what, and he's got that attitude and. He's, you know, he's, he's a pleasure to work with, and I'm enjoying. It. I'm enjoying seeing him progress. You know, it's early days, like I said, but you know, he's is a, a kid that's willing to learn, and anybody that's willing to learn, that also has that that background that he's got, you know, as far as an amateur Amish career is concerned, they they're, they're going to be a dangerous proposition in the pros, definitely.
3: Yeah, he's certainly one to watch for the future, Dave. Now, two fights to mention just before I let you go. Two fights I want to get your take on. Um, I'm going to start with the huge, huge middleweight clash in September. Triple G, Canelo. How would you
1: see that one, Dave? Big fight. Man, this is the fight for me. Yeah. This is the fight. I <laughs> can't wait for this. If I haven't got any fighters out on that day, and if I can get away, I am off to that fight. Um, <laughs> that's the one that I'm wanting to go to. Um, it's I've chopped and changed my mind so many times since this fight has been made. Um, I do think that on the last two fights, I actually looked at, it was a, the Kel Brook fight. I was sat, because um, I was doing commentary for, for some of the other fights on the bill, and I was sat next to um, uh, the Sky commentary team. And I so saw I was that close to the ring, to the fighters. And I remember thinking in the Kel Brook fight, he looks like he's ageing. I thought Golovkin just looked like he was aging. And then I went to the Danny Jacobs fight. And again, in that fight, again, he just looked like a fighter that isn't pulling the trigger as fast as what he did. And I'm thinking Canelo has got a great boxing brain, punch variety, he's big, he's strong. I'm thinking, yeah, he's got a very good jab. I think Canelo's going to beat him. And then I see him stood face to face and then I didn't realise just how big Golovkin was so Golovkin Golovkin being bigger again on, on Canelo I'm thinking wow I didn't expect that so I had a little wobble I thought oh maybe you know and if Golovkin catches him and, but I'm still I'm going to stick to my guns I do think Golovkin is is aging I do think side, people forget he's 35 he's, he's come a long late and you forget he's actually 35 years old Um, and he had a lot a lot of amateur fights you know,
2: um,
1: so maybe age is catching up on him, um, and I just think I just think time is right. I think Canelo like I said, he's got a great boxing brain. I think Canelo's going to probably beat him on points, probably. But I'm not confident at all. But I can't wait either way. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of them both. I just want it to be a great fight. I don't care who wins. I just want it to be a great fight. I want to see a great fight because it's a great matchup. And this is like a matchup that you can put up there with the old matchups, you know. And it's a great, it's a great, great event for boxing.
3: Yeah, I don't think anybody's sure with any predictions. It is a real 50/50, yeah. and one that I, you know, I can't wait for either. And the final fight, um, Dave, it's gone a little bit under the radar, but again, it's it's one that I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. It's happening this weekend, over in New York. Mikey Garcia, Adrian Brown a brilliant fight as well.
1: It is, it is. Do you know what? That's another one. I just, you know, because the thing is, with uh, Broner, because of his attitude and because of how he is, you kind of, you forget that he's actually very, very talented and he's got great ability because you don't want to give him the the props almost um, and, it's, and his ability is actually um, uh, covered up by his bad attitude by missing weight by flashing his money about and talking crap and it kind of overshadows the fact that he can box he's a very very good fighter um, Mikey Garcia though he's class he is class and he can punch and he's exciting um, could he get frustrated in this fight I don't know maybe possibly I don't know I, I genuinely don't know um, it's a fight that I genuinely don't know who's going to win. Um, a part of me thinks that Braun is going to turn it on, and he's going to pick his shots really, really well, um, and and do a job. But there's another part of me that just thinks Garcia could just just bully him, um, and and the power could tell. So I don't know. I didn't I don't know. I I not I couldn't answer that as in who do I think is going to win I'm going to sit on fence on that one I just think I think it is going to be a great fight um, if if Broner is at the top of alright here's this if Broner is at the top of his game at the absolute top of his game and he's done everything right in preparation he's fully focused and he goes out there and does what Adrian Broner can do Um, I think he might pull it off but if he's not at the best and if he's not gonna put out a career best performance, then I think Garcia. So you
3: know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, still a, another absolutely brilliant fight. Again, it's just oh, it's just we're spoiled at the moment being boxing fans. Some yeah, brilliant fights being made. Right, listen, Dave, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for giving us some of your time. Give everyone my best no in problem. the gym, and we'll speak again very soon, mate. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers from me okay this concludes episode 93 i've been your host joey coastman diego najera has been with me for the duration of the show also a big thank you to our two guests callum smith and dave caldwell if you get a chance remember please leave us a review on itunes we'd really really appreciate that enjoy your weekends please watch the garcia versus brona fight It's simply a must thank you for listening and we'll see you next week